You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hi guys, you're very welcome along to episode 71 of the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Bum, bum. A matter of days left to the start of the NFL season, Colin. Let's go all out, DJ. Let's go all out on this one and let's say it's a matter of hours away. Only two days as of recording this here, coming out on the Tuesday. So, hope everyone's looking forward to Thursday night football. I know for one that you can probably tell, DJ, I'm very excited for it. Go Pack Go! Yeah, Colin, I don't know what you're looking forward more to. The Packers kicking off the NFL season or going on holidays. Yeah, DJ, heading on holidays this weekend, heading off on Sunday for a few days over to San Diego and I'll be trying to catch up on some of the action as I travel through the air in the airplane for maybe the first few games of the day but I'm hoping to get to a bar to watch some of the evening games when I get over there but really looking forward to it DJ but I guess Thursday comes before Sunday so let's say I'm more excited about Thursday's games really looking forward to seeing the Packers going up to Seattle and we'll be talking a little bit more about that later in the show so really looking forward to that more stuff we'll be talking about DJ later in the show we have Eric Dickens coming up Eric's a fantasy expert he's one of the best in my opinion he works over there at dynastyleaguefootball.com and they're one of the best sites i think for keeping up on all your fantasy advice and they really specialize in dynasty leagues but they have you covered for all types of leagues redraft and so on and so forth so he's joined us in the oti red zone to talk fantasy football very shortly but dj we're up at the crow park classic over the weekend a lot of fun up in dublin for the game and i think it was you know it was a real spectacle it was well run by everyone up there in crow park the gaa obviously having a huge part in the organizing of the event but have to say fantastic event and uh, everyone there really seemed to thoroughly enjoy it and uh, have to say quite a spectacular end and really dramatic there in the, in the final minutes it was a really exciting finish with that fin goal right at the death of the game and speaking of crow park column it was a great weekend all round at crow park a big shout out to our friends over at dublin south fm who have had you on their show a number of times <laughs> hopefully the lads will have recovered by next saturday when their next show goes out yeah, I know they were telling us, DJ, not much point in us watching that game or travelling to that game, so on and so forth, having a little bit of fun with us, saying that Dublin were going to crush Donegal, but it turned out to be quite the opposite way around. Donegal there with a huge win, and they'll be heading to the All-Ireland Final in the JAA's football competition later in September, so another thing for us to look forward to, DJ, in the sports world. As always, DJ, we start the show out. Shout out to the guys over at Last Word on Sport. I've mentioned on Twitter over the last few days, the Last Word on Sport radio network. Be sure and check that out. You can check it out. best way to do it is to go to their site or go to their Twitter handle. Their Twitter handle is at Last Word on Sport. Their site is lastwordonsports.com. Got you covered for all sports. Go over and check out the site. And really proud to be partner, partnered with the great guys there at Last Word on Sport. Obviously, DJ, the sites are getting a plug. Have to mention OvertimeArden.com. Have the redesign up since last week. Hopefully, you've all checked it out. Hopefully, you've enjoyed it. You can play now the podcast directly on the Overtime Ireland site and a new feature there and you know it's really more accessible now for mobile and tablet formats so be sure and check out the new website some great articles going up over 20 guys will be writing for us this upcoming season so from this week on we'll be really piling on the articles there number of articles going up each and every day and hopefully there'll be some pieces there that you you like to check back in on on a weekly basis also some Latin pages up there that like the guys at Huddle Magazine they have up a page also having a page up there is the website designers and that is impact web they are a great company from northern ireland they're redesigning a lot of websites now for as i mentioned mobile and tablet devices so if you want to check out them if you're interested in getting your website redone relaunched if if you have a company of your own go to impactweb.com and that is impact with a k have to say they were thoroughly professional in the job they've done and really happy to be working with them and hopefully the site will go from strength to strength as we move forward 
with their help. I mentioned 2DG of the Crow Park Classic. Obviously, I was up in the media section for that. I was tweeting out during the game. Got some pictures up. So I'll be putting up an article of my own reviewing the game up on OvertimeIreland.com. But Penn State University won the game. We talked about that last-second field goal that won the game for them. Sam Ficken putting that one over for them. And I got down to the media zone after the game. He was talking. So some questions coming up later in the show that he talked about. Also talking after the game was James Franklin, head coach of the team. And a fantastic game DJ was had in this one by Christian Hackenberg, their quarterback. Some people already touting him as a potential first round draft pick. He uh, had over 400 yards passing in this game and I have to say I was thoroughly impressed. We'll be talking a little bit more about that game before we go into those interviews later on. But DJ, to start off the show now, let's get into that OTI Red Zone and let's get on Eric Dickens and let's get him on the OTI Red Zone right now. The OTI Red Zone, presented by OvertimeIreland.com Joined on the podcast now by Eric Dickens. Eric is a Let's say maybe we'll not put you in too much uh, pressure at the start, Eric. We'll call you a fantasy football expert. Uh, I know a lot of people like to use that term loosely for people involved in fantasy football, but I do think you and the guys over at Dynasty League Football do deserve that credit. And you just take a bit of luck, more of a look at Dynasty League Football, which we set up our own Dynasty League here at Overtime Ireland this year. So it's something that we were incredibly interested in your site at that time. And DynastyLeagueFootball.com is your website. And just uh, some of the listeners mightn't be aware of dynasty leagues and most people will be using redraft leagues but in dynasty you get to keep a certain amount of players out of each team some leagues allow you to keep all those players and then after the first year's draft you just continue to use the rookies from the upcoming classes so you're basically managing your own franchise in a fantasy football format but dynastyleaguefootball.com is one of the the best place to get all your dynasty league uh, information and it's also very helpful for anyone using that redraft format as well but just for any of the listeners that haven't been to the site yet uh, eric do you want to give them a little lowdown on dynastyleaguefootball.com yeah that's great and and first let me just say thanks so much for having me on um i'm a fan of your guys and uh just glad to to get to come on the show and and, and talk a little bit about fantasy football um as, as far as what we do yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. We look at long-term player value, and traditionally a dynasty league, you'll keep your players year after year, your entire roster. Uh, a lot of times in between kind of a redraft and a dynasty league is what people refer to as a keeper league, where you may keep three players, you may keep ten players, um, but the rest are released back in the pool, whereas most dynasty leagues you don't release anyone other than you know a couple guys on the bottom of your roster to make room for rookies during a rookie or rookie and free agent draft. So we, we concentrate a lot on, you know, long-term value. Obviously, the upcoming season plays a, a big a big part in that. Um, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into player evaluation a little bit, but, um, for example, Josh Gordon, obviously, him not playing <laughs> in 2014, is yeah. going to affect his dynasty value. Uh, but it doesn't take him completely off the board like it would in, in a redraft league. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. That's one of the questions I have for you in a little bit later about Josh Gordon, so awesome. we'll keep that as a teaser for towards the end for the listeners. But, Starting off, uh, you do you mentioned more kind of player evaluation. You're looking long term, and this was the first year that I had a chance to get into a dynasty draft. There's one of the guys that writes for our website, and he's big into dynasty leagues, and he's a big fan of all the work there at dynastyleaguefootball.com. But he got the, us into the idea of it. We got the league set up with a 12 team league, and you know it's just looking at it from a different perspective rather than just for the upcoming season, looking at it long term. And just uh, we'll talk a little bit more again about the the dynasty leagues in a little bit, but looking forward for this season in particular, and even into the future, some of the players that you like maybe do a like dislike, and we'll start by looking at the quarterbacks. Have you any quarterbacks this year that you're particularly high on, or maybe some that you're really really staying away from? Uh, you wouldn't advise anyone to pick up. Yeah, I think one that stands out for me and is probably different than um, a lot of people out there is uh, Robert Griffin the third. 
Um, he's not looked very sharp in the preseason. Um, in fact, a lot of people have, have already been, been calling for Kirk Cousins. Um, but yeah. I, I think he's going to shake off the rust pretty quickly. Um, they've added you know, Deshaun Jackson as a weapon there. Uh, their offense should be a machine as long as he is you know, both healthy and able to, to run a little bit. Um, but my biggest concern, obviously, with him is probably everyone's, which is uh, you know him getting re-injured by running too much or not being able to slide and protect himself. Um, but I'm actually much higher on him than, than most people out there. Yeah, and I think you mentioned there just in uh, the Washington offense should be kind of a machine this season, and there's a lot of pieces to like on it. Obviously, Garcon last year had a lot of catches and had a, had a big year from him. And uh, this year, I actually had a redraft league. It was our money league over the past weekend, and I ended up getting Alfred Morris in the in the fourth round, and you know I think a lot of people are just uh, kind of looking away from the Redskins because they're not one hundred percent sure what they're going to get there with you know the new offensive coordinator and so on, and everything changing down there. But you would still be particularly high on the on the Redskins. Yeah, I am, and and you mentioned Alfred Morris. He he's one of my running back guys that that I'm higher on, um, and I think I'm mostly higher on him just because perception. If you're not in a PPR league, is or I'm sorry, if you're in a PPR league, is that he isn't going to help you very much. And I actually disagree because if you look at his last couple of years in PPR leagues, regardless of the fact that he doesn't catch many passes, uh, he's been producing. And he may actually catch more passes this year than any time in his career. So I, I think he's undervalued. The fact that you got him in the fourth round, is to, to me, that's a steal. Um, I see him as kind of a back-end running back one. Um, if you can get a guy like that in the fourth round, then you're doing things right. Yeah, I think it's just down. I think it was more down to the fact of uh, RG3, and he hasn't. You know, they haven't just been clicking. I've seen it with the 49ers as well. A lot of their players seem to slip down. It's just with, you know, the preseason, some hype around certain players, some other players not getting as much buzz. But any other running backs that uh, you're particularly interested in this year? Well, you know, I, I catch a lot of heat for this one. I, I've been a Jonathan Stewart fan for a long time, um, just from a talent perspective, and he's burned me on many dynasty teams. Um, however, uh, I, I'm actually pretty high on that backfield in general. Um, I, I don't know that I love D'Angelo Williams or Jonathan Stewart on their own, yeah, if you but can put you them can together. get those guys so late. Yeah. You know, I, I had a redraft league the other night and uh, got D'Angelo Williams in the early 10th and came back and got Stewart in the... I believe it was the early 12th. So, you know, you're talking about a starting running back on a team that is going to run the ball. And especially with Cam having ankle issues, uh, he may lose those goal line carries. They're going to go to somebody. And those guys are both still talented. Williams obviously getting older. And Stewart, you have to be worried about injuries. But that is a, I mean, it's a viable uh, starting backfield that you can get in the 10th and 12th. I'll take that all the time. Yeah, I think you're starting. I don't know if you have a camera here that you can see the questions that I've written down on the on the paper in front of me. But uh, one of my other questions, and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to jump ahead to it right now, and that's about handcuffs. You mentioned there you took the two Carolina Panthers running backs late in the draft. How do you feel about handcuffs? It's something that I kind of try and tend to stay away from, but a lot of people, you know, particularly anyone high up in and uh, and fantasy analysis, seem to like trying to get the handcuff later in the draft. Yeah, I'm actually, usually, uh, I would say I'm probably right on the same uh, train of thought as you are. I, I'm not big on handcuffs. I kind of believe that you should only take a handcuff if you believe in that player on their own, and not just as a, uh, a backup, you know, as a backup yeah. uh, insurance policy. And so, to me, I'm absolutely willing to take Carlos Hyde because I believe in him as a player, not just as a backup or insurance policy uh, for Frank Gore. 
So I'm I'm also willing to take other people's handcuffs, I guess you could say. Um, late late in in drafts, I'm always willing to take backup running backs that I like, regardless of whether or not I have the starters. Yeah, because one of the cases I had gone into that last draft was in a lot of the mock drafts that I was doing, I was getting uh, Cleveland running backs Ben Tate earlier in the draft and then taking Terrence West later in the draft. And it seems to be long-term prognosis is that they like West, but I didn't get uh, Ben Tate and I just decided I would take Terrence West anyway. And I think I'd rather have a backup that becomes good than pick a guy earlier that fails to you know make an impact in the fantasy season later on. Exactly. Yep, I feel the same way. Moving on now, there's obviously the top three tight ends. We have uh, Jimmy Green. Everyone knows that he's kind of going at the top. But then you have Rob Gronkowski and Julius Thomas after that. But after them, top three tight ends, uh, do you have anyone that you, you like to look off after that? Yeah, I actually would, would call it the top four tight ends. I would put right. uh, Cameron in there, uh, right. especially with Gordon being out. He is obviously going to be a focal point of the defense, but is going to get so many looks. They They just don't have talented players at other skill positions there, uh, at the wide receiver position, I should say. And so he's still going to get tons of looks. And I think that while his looks may not be quite as good as they were last year, he had 118 targets last year. So that's a lot of targets. And, and I can only imagine they're going to go up. His catch rate may not stay the same, but with more targets, it's not going to need to. So I still like him. I like him a lot as the fourth there. And another guy that I, I think that could – creep into that same group as Jordan Reed provided he doesn't have concussion issues again yeah another one of those guys down in Washington so you can tell that you're really hyping up the the Washington bandwagon but I, I like the look of him too but you mentioned the concussions as well and another one or two of them and uh, you know you're you're missing them for quite a considerable amount of time you mentioned Cameron and I think the issue there was that people haven't been sure exactly as to the punishment of Josh Gordon. Now we know he's going to be out for the rest of the season, but up until this point in time, we weren't sure if he'd be back after maybe eight games or whatever scenario could have played out. And at the same time, we're very unsure of the quarterback situation going into the season and how it'll develop then as the season progresses. So I think that might be the, the one issue some people might have there with, mm-hmm. with him. But a lot of people talking up Zach Ertz this year and a player then I took in that other redraft league was Ladarius Green. Any Any thoughts on those two guys? Um, well, let me start with Ladarius Green. I've liked him since he came out of college. Um, I think his upside is incredible. My only concern is his usage. You know, yeah. And I think that uh, as Antonio Gates fades, which you know we've been saying he's going to do for about four years now, <laughs> um, but as, as he fades, I do think that Green has the talent to just step right into that role. My concern in redraft leagues are for you know the 2014 season is that they may not give him the looks that it's going to take for him to be a top 12 or top 15 tight end. Talent is absolutely there. Just not sure he's going to get enough looks. Um, Zach Ertz, I think he, I I don't like his talent as much as as some do. Um, I would definitely take Ladarius Green over him as far as from a talent long term perspective. However, I do think he's going to get some looks this year. Um, he fills a really nice spot in, in that Chip Kelly offense. Uh, he he runs well, and he is, he's going to be a focal point, especially with um, you know Deshaun Jackson moving on to Washington. So it's kind of a flip-flop situation, and I could definitely see in redraft taking Zach Ertz uh, over Ladarius Green this year. You mentioned, obviously, Zach Ertz and he's down in Philadelphia and Chip Kelly's offense. We talked about the quarterbacks earlier, but one that I'm kind of stuck on the fence on at the moment is Nick Foles. What, uh, if you were in a dynasty league, what were your thoughts be on him long-term? Do you think last season was something that's going to be consistent from him? I know his stats are going to be very hard to live up to, but or do you think it was more than just a flash in the pan? 
you know, he's a guy that I'm struggling with as well. Um, in dynasty rankings, I have him as my QB eight, um, and I think that represents probably pretty close to the the upside that I see there. Um, however, I, I think there's going to be some regression from last year. He had a just terrific season. Uh, I think that, that he's going to come back to earth a little bit, especially with his touchdown to interception ratio. Yeah. Uh, but I do like him as a long term quarterback. I don't think it was a fluke. I just don't know that we can realistically expect that every year. Yeah, that's just the one thing that I'm having my doubts about as well. And I guess we'll finish up with the wide receiver position. Any any particular guys there? Obviously, we're gonna, everyone knows about you know Demarius Thomas and Calvin Johnson, Des Bryant, and so on. Any guys maybe in that second tier that you think will be able to stand out this season? Um, I really like Jordan Nelson. Uh, I think he's going to uh, play obviously a huge part in that Green Bay offense. Uh, I'm really high on the Green Bay offense in general. Uh, provided Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, which he wasn't able to do last year. Uh, but I, I really like Jordy Nelson. I think he's a guy in that kind of next tier that could be uh, at the top by the end of the season. Um, you know, in, in redraft, I, I'm starting to really come around on uh, Corderell Patterson. Yeah. Um, I, I love him in Dynasty and have, uh, you know, the, pretty much uh, from the time that he uh, came out of the draft. But uh, in redraft, I've just kind of recently been looking at the numbers and coming around on him. I think that offense as a whole has improved, which is going to help him out. Um, Greg Jennings actually looked like he has a little bit left in the tank. Obviously, Adrian Peterson is Adrian Peterson. Um, and I, I think at some point we'll see Teddy Bridgewater, which in my opinion can only be good for those wide receivers. So certainly come around on Patterson and He's uh, definitely going a little bit lower in redraft than he is in dynasty, but I think he can make an impact this year. Yes, stats towards the end of the last season were, were definitely impressive. And you mentioned there's some of the players you like. I think uh, overall my four picks in uh, the fourth round of that redraft league last weekend you'd be liking is Calvin Johnson, Jordy Nelson, Doug Martin, and Alfred Morris. So they were my first four picks of 12-man league, so I was happy overall with that there. Yeah, very nice. Um, and, and Doug Martin, you mentioned him. He's another guy that I, I'm very high on, and I think <laughs> recent trades... Uh, the recent trade from the Patriots, uh, moving Logan Mankins over there, is is going to have to help at least a little bit. Just a few other questions just before we finish up. I mentioned earlier about uh, uh, Josh Gordon. Obviously, he's just been suspended now for the year. But if you have him in a dynasty league, is he a player that you would be likely to keep hold of, or do you think you would uh, drop him at this stage? Um, definitely keep him in, in dynasty. Um, his talent is so overwhelming yeah. that if he's able to just miss a year, and not get into any more trouble uh, while he's suspended and is able to come back. He's still very, very young. Hopefully that quarterback situation will be a little bit more solidified this point next year. And I think he'll be able to put up you know, wide receiver, num- wide receiver one numbers again. Um, but you have to be able to take this year into account, and it definitely hurts his value. You know, he was going as a, a top six or seven dynasty wide receiver, and um, now I believe he is – uh, somewhere around the range of um, wide receiver 27 on our, our dynasty rankings. And that still may be a little bit high, not quite reacting yet to the, the news of the one-year suspension. Yeah, it's an interesting one to, to develop, but if he can get himself back on the field in two years' time, he's definitely still a player I'd like to keep hold of. Just before we finish now, I mentioned the OTI dynasty league that we set up, and I was looking at your rankings earlier. You've Cam Newton as number three on them rankings. Uh, we done a trade over the weekend, and... I drafted Colin Kaepernick as our second quarterback. We have Drew Brees as the first quarterback on the team. But I took uh, Kaepernick, but we had a trade over the weekend. We traded him for Cam Newton. Who do you think won on that there trade? So it's straight up Kaepernick for Cam Newton? Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely will take the Cam side. Um, I like <laughs> Kaepernick. 
uh, you know, they're, they're both young guys. Um, they both are athletic. They both use their, their legs as well as their arms. Um, I think Cam is more polished of a passer. I think he is going to be relied on more in that offense to do more himself, which I think he's up to the task. And even though it seems a little bit odd, he's actually younger than Colin Kaepernick. Uh, so I, I definitely like that side of the trade better. Yeah, it's just um, we have actually got uh, Crabtree and Gore in that team as well, so it's kind of trying to get rid of one of the 49ers, so it worked out particularly well. And I, was actually, I wasn't actually actually aware that Cam Newton's younger than Colin Kaepernick, so that's one that uh, an interesting stat that I'm after getting there. Thanks for that one. Thanks, no a lot, thanks a lot, Eric, for coming on to talk to us. Really enjoyed having you on. You can find Eric on Twitter. It's at DLFootball. You can find all the information there on uh, his site and everything they do there but you can also find it on dynastyleaguefootball.com thanks uh, for coming on and hopefully we'll be on again during the season maybe to talk a little bit more fantasy football uh, Eric thanks Colin that sounds great hi this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker the host of the Ross Tucker football podcast and you are listening to the Overtime Ireland podcast as always DJ we love talking fantasy on the podcast and that was eric's first time on hopefully i'll have him on again in the future some very insightful pieces a lot of dynasty talk there we talked a little bit about the ota dynasty draft we talked about that trade that we had over the weekend DJ, where we picked up cam newton and returned for colin kaepernick so pretty happy with that trade overall DJ, were you happy with that trade it was it a joint decision to, to pull the trigger on it i think um we got the better end of the deal if somebody has to get the good the good end of the deal i think as but, eric mentioned there DJ, i think he thinks that cam newton in the long term has Probably a higher ranking on uh, on his board anyway, and uh, I think in my opinion he's, you know, he's always struggled with wide receivers. He hasn't had that cast around him to do the job that you know you'd expect a wide receiver. So we see Kelvin Benjamin going in there. We see you know some pieces starting maybe to try and develop a, an offense for him, and he's always done it on the ground. And although he hasn't been great so far in preseason, he's coming off that injury a little bit rusty. Got the rib injury. I think uh, with Drew Brees as our starting quarterback in that league, I think we're still set at the quarterback position for this season anyway. And then hopefully Cam Newton a few years down the road will take over in that one. So DJ, with fantasy done, let's go in now to the real life of the NFL. Let's look a bit of NFL news. NFL news. Suppose DJ will start with the Tampa Bay. Buccaneers news on the kicking front. I know for most people it wouldn't be the, the the pinnacle of the news in the week, but was delighted to see Pat Murray get another step closer to being their starting kicker this year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pat has Irish roots, uh, Monaghan-based roots, and he was on with us a few months ago, and we talked to him. He also was on a few weeks ago when Connor Philpott was down in Tampa Bay at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp, and he's always been very good. He gives us a lot of time here on the podcast and always in contact with him with DMs, and that's so we're looking to get Pat back on the show in a few weeks, and hopefully by the time we get him on, he'll have kicked over a few field goal stages from quite a distance in the National Football League. Really looking forward to seeing Pat getting some field goals and point afters in the NFL. It's all but certain now, Colin, that Pat is going to be the starting kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so congratulations to Pat. Yeah, DJ, I think we'll have to adopt him now as the official kicker off the Overtime Ireland podcast. Picked him up in a few leagues already, DJ, and I've seen you putting in a few tweets into NFL Fantasy to see when he would be up on the game. He's that much of a, you know, came undrafted, had a, a futures contract with them. He really, really pushed himself into the spotlight and had a fantastic off-season and pre-season campaign to, to get him in there. So he's really a bolt from the blue, but fantastic to see Pat down there in Tampa doing so well. Any other news, DJ, this week catching your eye? There's a lot of people being cut off teams. You know, the final roster cuts come down. A lot of people have been picked up. A lot of people going to practice squad. Anything that uh, at the moment has caught your eye? 
Obviously, the trade of Ryan Mallett might be up there. Yeah, the devastating news came on <laughs> Sunday that Ryan Mallett had been traded away to the Houston Texans. And I can be even more confident now that the Houston Texans are not going to be a force in the AFC East. Yeah, I have to say, DJ, uh, one of the best responses I got when I asked about it, I said I would probably still start Ryan Fitzpatrick over him because of his you know, more proven experience. I haven't been impressed with Ryan Mallett at any stage when I've seen him playing in the NFL or in preseason. I haven't seen him doing a, a huge amount to be, you know, he's talked about a lot, but what he, what he could produce is another situation. But Neil Dutton sent us in a tweet, DJ, and it was, I think the Texans should punt on first down. What do you think of that? <laughs> I got a chuckle out of it anyway. Well, there's going to be a lot of punting from the Houston Texans, whether it's on first down or fourth down. It's going to be happening quite a lot. Yeah, I think we could see the, the defense picking up a, a huge amount of the, you know, the, the work rate here for the Houston Texans. I think there's potential. I, I, I'm actually very impressed with the Texans' defense parts of it. You obviously have Clowney and Watt. Like, what's not to be impressed there? And some other pieces, Cushing's coming back from injury. So I think the Texans' defense will, will be much improved this year. But I'm just... Uh, not too sure about the offense. And I think what Ryan Fitzpatrick has shown in the past that for certain games he, he can lift his game high enough, but it's the consistency that you're worrying about there with him. But I think uh, overall, I think they'll be better than last year, obviously, the, the first overall pick. I think you're probably looking at a maybe 5-1 team at the moment, but if Fitzpatrick could just elevate his game on a consistent basis, maybe maybe they get to 500 uh, record overall, but not not looking like a, a very good season for the Texans this year. One of the major cuts, Coleman. Perhaps it wasn't really too much of a surprise, but the New Orleans cutting future Hall of Famer, Champ Bailey. Yeah, DJ, this was one I kind of predicted a few weeks ago in the show. He's had a, a great career, and I think overall, DJ is destined for the Hall of Fame in a few years. A fantastic career, but it's another sign, DJ, that sometimes players just don't know when to hang up the cleats. They always hang on for that final chance, maybe to go and get a ring, maybe a final contract. You don't know what's going through their head, and... You know, you always see them dropping just down, dropping their level down. But we see seen with Ed Reed left the Ravens. If he had left the Ravens after that Super Bowl win, same as Ray Lewis did, you walk out on a high. But he went to the Texans, didn't play great, went down to the Jets last year as well. You know, you're shuffling around and kind of sometimes tarnishes your legacy a little bit. But very, very good player. Um, and, now, you know, it's not something... I, I thought he might get kept on just for the veteran leadership. But sometimes then you can't just have those players that aren't going to produce week in, week out for you. So... Champ Bailey getting cut there by the New Orleans Saints. Another cut that made a lot of headlines, and that was Michael Sam being cut by the St. Louis Rams. You thought that he might be cut. I thought he'd done enough maybe to be kept on by the Rams. Yeah, DJ started to flourish a little bit towards the end of it. He picked up a number of sacks and that. But I think uh, overall, you know, if he wasn't the first openly gay player to come out and you know all this stuff went on with the draft and all I think it might have been a lot quieter if you also look they did cut the other seven round, seventh round picks that they did make this year so it wasn't just him obviously you have to be extremely good in the defensive line to get into that their team with the, the players they have like Robert Quinn and so on they're fantastic D line and they're going to be a very strong defense this year and they're going to have to be now after Sam Bradford unfortunately got injured for them but overall I think that uh He'll probably get signed on with a practice squad somewhere at the time recording. Hasn't been picked up as of yet, but I think that's what you'll see. You'll get a chance then to develop his skills, progress a little bit further. And, you know, there's a lot of players, DJ, have gone on to the practice squad after becoming undrafted and, you know, got a chance to flourish in training and that and went on and produced good careers in the NFL. So we'll see what goes going forward for Michael Sam. Nate Burleson, Colin, was cut by the Cleveland Browns. Did this surprise you? Well, the reason DJ this year was 
a little bit of a surprise was that if you look at the Cleveland Browns, they're quite short on offense uh, at the wide receiver position in particular. Actually, something DJ we probably should have mentioned at the start of the overtime <laughs> Ireland news section uh, this week was, of course, uh, Josh Gordon has been handed that 12-month suspension he's going to miss the, the upcoming season. It's a big blow for the Browns. It's something that had been coming down the pipeline. I actually thought that because it had been delayed so long that maybe he wouldn't get the full season, but that wasn't to be full season out for him. And, you know, unfortunately for Josh Gordon and the Browns, it's a, it's a big blow for them. But their wide receiver position isn't very deep, DJ, and they're going there with a lot of unknown talent. And they've Miles Austin there as well. And, like, you know, his history with injury isn't great. And we'll see what happens with Miles Austin there. But you don't want him going in as a kind of number one receiver for you. So a lot of trouble there. And particularly on offense, there's a lot of doubt and with what the Cleveland Browns can do this season and Nate Burleson obviously being cut just goes to show that obviously he's not playing at any kind of a high standard because they're they're crying out for wide receivers at the moment so not good news there for Nate Burleson, former Lion. And Colin of course we couldn't finish off our pre-season news without announcing yet another NFL player being arrested. Do, do, do. This time it was San Francisco 49ers defensive end Ray McDonald who was arrested early Sunday morning on felony domestic violence charges. And it's going to be interesting to see what kind of suspension the NFL will hand down to Ray McDonald if found guilty. There has been quite brutal inconsistency in the punishments handed down by the NFL this offseason. Yeah, and another case, DJ, is obviously the Josh Carden case and the, the leniency of certain people, the... the you know, the the strictness on other policies. But a lot of these policies, DJ, are kind of almost set in stone. They're set there in the collective bargain agreement. So you, you do the time, you do the crime, or you do the crime, you serve the time. So we see these things going to be interesting to see what happens. The 49ers on defense in particular are, you know, having a lot of issues, a lot of players injured, some players suspended. Alden Smith, DJ, another point there. We're just jumping in night here with pieces of NFL news. Alden Smith got a nine-match ban. going to miss the start of the season for them. They have a bye week in week nine, which means he wouldn't be eligible to play to week 10. So see quite a bit of time away for him. He also took a kind of a plea bargain, so he's allowed to train with the team. So he'll be around the facility, but he won't be allowed to play. And, you know, they're having certain issues, and I think they'll be a more offensive team this year. But DJ in preseason, they certainly haven't shown that they're going to be able to be quite as offensive as they'd like maybe this upcoming season. So a lot of issues going on, just kind of bubbling on the surface and under the surface for the 49ers. So really interested to see how the, the season develops for them. Well, one positive for the 49ers is that Alex Boone has ended his hold out with the team and he's been a big part of Jim Harbaugh's offensive line in recent times. Yeah and it's DJ I talked about offense there I think you know he had all the leverage in the world when you were looking at the, their performances you could see how bad the offensive line was they weren't really running the ball couldn't get time for Kaepernick to pass the ball and so on and so forth so boom had a lot of a lot of leverage there so I'm sure he'll be getting a little boost in his earnings this upcoming season he skipped out in training camp but he's going to be back it looks like for week one and it looks like he's got some incentives. It was reported by Ian Rappaport that you know there's going to be more money coming his way, six million extra over the next two years. So, and he can also elevate that up to eight million if he gets All Pro nods in both seasons. So, bit of a bit of a increase there in the contract, and it looks like he's not going to have to pay all the fines. Organization are looking to waive them for him. So, overall, it's uh, it's worked out in his favour, and the leverage just there was uh, there clear for everyone to see. Colin, was there any of the results in preseason week four that stood out in particular for you? 
Well, DJ preseason, uh, you know, at the best of times, it's hard to make any judgment calls on them. But week four is the kind of time when you're sitting back. The players don't, the, the first string don't play off, and the second string don't even play. They're just trying to get players through the game. Don't want to get injured. And there's another scenario. Uh, listening to the Ross Tucker podcast earlier this week, he was talking about when he was with the Washington Redskins. He actually got injured in the fourth preseason game, and it meant that they had to guarantee his contract for the rest of the season. You know, so they're looking to try and get through some of the players. He thought he was going to be cut that year, so it actually worked out better for him. He's got a year's salary out of it. So you're looking at certain players, DJ. They're just trying to get them through. They don't want to get them injured. They know their cuts are coming. They know they're not keeping them on their roster, and they don't want to pay them that year's salary. So sometimes they're just these games are meaningless. But the one thing, DJ, to get it was the Buffalo Bills, and you know they played EJ Manuel for part of that game. Rookie wide receiver Sammy Watkins, who they traded up for, played in this game and picked up another rib injury. So bad news for them. And I'm talking about players not wanting to get injured, teams not wanting to get their players injured in particular. And and this here now, he's got injured as their star wide receiver. They're hoping for it. And EJ Manuel also played quite drastic in this game. So you know he's having having a bad uh, preseason and it's not looking good for the Bills. And obviously they'll be trying to run the ball quite a bit this year in Buffalo. They also picked up Kyle Arden, former. Dallas Cowboys quarterback and you know he he said to the Cowboys who wanted to retire at the start of this offseason didn't want to didn't want to be playing this season and uh, obviously they let him go from his contract and it looks like he's just wanted to get away from Dallas maybe and he has a chance there maybe at putting a little bit of pressure on AJ Manuel once he picks up that playbook I think that kind of wraps up the OTA news for this week Colm yeah, that wraps up the OTI news. We'll go into the competition news now and we'll announce our competition winner of our latest competition. Competition time with OTI. So DJ competition over the weekend was run with GameStop Ireland and they providing us with two copies of the new Madden 15 game. One for Xbox, one for PlayStation. This week's copy was won by Tom. Let's be a little bit careful reading out his Twitter handle. It's at 4-F-O-U-R King. Awesome. If you say that a little bit quicker, you might get yourself in a little bit of trouble. So we just wanted to make sure that we got that pronounced right. Tom won this week's game. He's decided to go for the Xbox One copy. We have another copy to give away for the PlayStation 4. It'll be being given away in week two of the NFL season. So anyone that wants to pick up a copy of the PlayStation 4 version of Madden 15, the game looks fantastic. Can't wait to get my hands on a copy of it myself. That'll be able to be done in week two of the NFL season. This week in our competition stakes, we're giving away... An NFL ball courtesy of Football America UK. Definitely check out their website. Some fantastic stuff up there. A range of new night cleats, jerseys and pants, plus the Shock Doctor promo that they're running. If you buy girdles and tops, you can get a free gel nano mouth guard when buying one of those. So be sure and check them out. Their website is footballamerica.co.uk and you can find them on Twitter. It's at FAmerica. Very worthwhile if you play American football to check out the side. We're giving away a game ball in week one. That will be the Sunday competition this week, courtesy of Football America UK. Also, we'll be giving out a few Overtime Ireland t-shirts, DJ. Talking to giving away Overtime Ireland t-shirts. Give a few of them away up in Crow Park on Sunday. Met up with some people. Didn't get to meet up with everybody. Very hard trying to organise stuff with people, with all their friends, going into the games, outside the games and everything. And me being in the media section of Crow Park and DJ being in the stand. There's a lot of stuff going on. Overall, DJ, great experience, really enjoyed the game, and one of the most dramatic finishes to a game that I've been at, anyway. It really was a well-organised event, Colm, and hopefully it won't be the last time that there might be college games played in Ireland. And I think it was really well attended as well, 53,000 people at the game. 
Yeah, DJ, massive turnout, and uh, just it was it was it was a terrific day, and I, I really enjoyed it myself. I mentioned there, DJ, giving away t-shirts, so we'll be giving away some t-shirts this Sunday in week one, and for the Sundays for the duration of the season. Anyone spreading the word of the podcast or so on and so forth, we'll be giving them out. Maybe we just give them away surprisingly if you just help spread the word. Be sure and give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. Always helps us grow the podcast. Download multiple devices. So, DJ, we've talked about the competitions. Let's talk about the games now. This is what everyone wants to talk about, and it is. The Week 1 NFL Preview. Want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend? It's time for the OTI Weekend Preview. Colin, we'll start off the Week 1 Preview with the first game of the week. <laughs> no better place to start, DJ, the first game of the season. Um, That's this Thursday night. I, I, what, what game is that again? The Seattle Seahawks are getting the victory in this in a way, but... <laughs> They're playing the Green Bay Packers. Well, DJ, you know I'm going to have to disagree with you here, and the home heart's going to go on this one, and I have to say, go Pack, go. It's going to be a tough game, DJ, for the Packers. They're heading up to Seattle, but if anyone could beat the Seahawks up there, it's probably the, the Green Bay Packers and the offense they have. I'm hoping to see a better defense this year from the Packers. The Saints have been positive in preseason. But the Seahawks, you know their defense, DJ. You know what you're getting from there, and you know about the 12th man. You know how loud it's going to be up there. It's going to be a tough game for the Packers to win, but... I'm just going to hold out a little bit of hope and hope they do it, but Seattle Seahawks defending Super Bowl champions at home for the first game of the season. Also, I'll get a look at them, DJ, in week two when I'm going to that game against the San Diego Chargers, so rubbing it in there again to you and everyone else listening to the podcast, heading to San Diego. I'll be taking in the action there in week two, but I'm hoping that the Seahawks in that second game of the season will be going for their first win because I'm hoping the Packers pick up a W this here week in Thursday Night Football. Each of the pick of some of the other games, I have to say, one here that's looking very tasty. Two teams I think will be very strong on offense this year, and that is the Saints traveling to the Falcons in the Georgia Dome. What do you make of this one? You, you obviously like Jimmy Graham after your high pick last week in the our friends' money league, but Drew Brees going in there. I think Matt Ryan's going to have a big year. We have, you know, Roddy White and Julio Jones providing some great dynamic playmakers on the outside for the Atlanta Falcons. What do you see happening here? I think in this game, Colin. The Saints probably will have just too much for the Falcons. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, Roddy White have performed quite well for the Falcons in the preseason games and having watched the episodes of Hard Knock so far and seeing the kind of players they are, I think the Saints are going to have too much for them and it's questionable whether the Falcons will have got all their problems sorted before they get to play the Saints on Sunday. Yeah, some problems uh, defensively with injuries, but DJ, I often talk about the Saints going on the road and the troubles they have when they're on the road when you know they travel out of the Dome in New Orleans, but fortunately for them, this game's going to be in the Georgia Dome, which is also inside, so gives them that advantage of playing indoors. I think um, I'm just going to give... I think the Saints could be uh, the NFC's best team this year, but I'm just going to give a, a sneaky home one here to the Atlanta Falcons, just scraping it maybe by just a field goal and what will probably be a high-scoring game. Have to mention, DJ, the New England Patriots. I don't know if anyone on this podcast supports them, but I suppose we'll mention them anyway. And they're playing the Miami Dolphins. There's a divisional clash straight off the card in week one, DJ. Ryan Tannehill, you're travelling down to see him in Miami. What do you think is going to happen here? I've been very impressed with Tom Brady so far in the preseason. How does uh, how does this one end up? I'm sure you're going to go for a Dolphins win. Yeah, of course, Colm. I have every confidence that <laughs> Ryan Tannehill and... The great offense and great defense they have down in Miami. Such a fantastic team and so successful in recent years. So big shout out to all the Dolphins fans there. But yeah, you aren't getting a win in week one. (laughs) 
DJ, uh, I was actually starting to believe you there. I thought you'd converted to a Dolphins fan. You mentioned the great defense, I think. You have Cameron Wake down there. I'm sure Tom Brady's not relishing the prospect of getting a, a collision with Cameron Wake, but you know they've struggled to just set up you know a consistent game on offense. But we'll see what happens. I think I, I'm a big Ryan Tannehill fan. We'll see what happens this season if he takes a step forward. See if he can link up with Mike Wallace a little bit better in their year two. But I think uh, ultimately the Patriots are too strong here, and I think uh, they win this one quite easy. Maybe maybe be over a touchdown. Well, hopefully I don't know if it's going to be. An easy game, but I think if the Patriots' offense and defense perform to the standards that I'm expecting them to this season, it's definitely going to be a Patriots win on Sunday. DJ, we haven't mentioned it in quite a while, but remember OTI fan free agency and the Dallas Cowboys won that thanks to the UK Cowboys fans. Check them out on Twitter, at UK Cowboys fans. Love a shameless plug here for some of our followers, some of our listeners. But, DJ, OTI, Fan Free Agency, they were the winners, so we have to talk a little bit about the Cowboys and their maybe not-so-terrific defence. We'll see how that defence goes during the regular season. I mentioned the 49ers having some struggles earlier on. They host the 49ers in the AT&T Stadium down there in Dallas. But uh, this year, one, DJ, it's, you know, everyone's talking about the Cowboys, the struggles they're going to have. They're certainly going to try and put up points this season with Tony Romo, Des Bryant, Terrence Williams and all the crew around there. We'll see what happens. I think uh, there are going to be a lot of shootouts this year, and I think if this game can become a shootout, I think it actually suits them better than it suits the 49ers. And uh, I'm just going to go DJ completely out of left field. I don't think there'll be, I don't know, maybe there will be more people picking the Cowboys in this game. I'm going for the Cowboys to win this game by, let's say, three points, little field goal later on. I think it's going to be a shootout, and I think that they're able to put up the points. I don't know what the 49ers will do in response. Yeah, come. I don't mind really who wins this game. Providing Frank Gore can set new records for rushing yards and maybe gets a few touchdowns for himself. Let's run through some of the other games quickly, DJ. Jaguars are travelling down to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Who wins? Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles here, and it might be another another reason, maybe with a few turnovers in this game, maybe that uh, Blake Bartles gets pushed forward closer to the starter. One of the very exciting games, Calm, on Sunday. It's one of the later, it's the late game on Sunday, and that's. Then the Indianapolis Colts travelling to Denver to take on the Broncos. Yeah, DJ, you have to say this is exciting. Peyton Manning playing against the old team again, playing against the Colts, and we have Andrew Luck trying to cause the upset, I suppose. Uh, the Broncos obviously be the favourites, along with the Patriots, for that AFC championship, and uh, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos to keep that high-powered offence going. And uh, Another game, DJ, should be high-scoring, and uh, take the Denver Broncos to win in this here by, let's say, seven points. A game, DJ, that's uh, another division game. Bengals-Ravens. How do you see that one going down in Baltimore? This could be one of the closer games of the week, Coleman. Yeah, defensive defensive battle, I think this one's going to be. It's really going to come down to which quarterback can have a better game. and I'm going to go with the Ravens, actually, to get a very narrow victory in this game. Yeah, I'm going for the Nick Ravens as well in this game, DJ, and I uh, th- think they'll pick up the home win. Buffalo Bills against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Uh, can't see either of us going for the Bills here, but I'll let you go first anyway. Yeah, I'm hoping for a massive Bears win in this game, Cal. I can't say I'm hoping for a massive Bears win in this, DJ, being a, being a Packers fan. Uh, if both teams uh, were uh, an equal opposition, I'll say hopefully the Bills win this game, just going on the divisional rivalry, but I can't see anything other than a, a comprehensive Bears win in this one. Lions host the Giants, DJ. What are you saying here? I'm going for a Lions victory. Yeah, I think Detroit are definitely going to have a W beside their name after week one. Titans Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium. 
have to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, go with the Chiefs as well, DJ. I think the Titans under Jake Locker showed flashes last year, and obviously we know his injury history. If he can stay fit this season, I think they'll be a little better than people expect, but going to go with the Chiefs here, and Jamal Charge to run that offense all over again. Redskins, Texans, battle off the quarterbacks. Yeah, it'll be interesting, DJ, to see here. This will be RG3 coming back into the regular season. You know, he's not had a great preseason. I'm just going to go for the RG3 effect, DJ, going for the Redskins to win this game. And let's say uh, if Clowney and Watt get them a few times, maybe he won't be playing any more weeks for the rest of the season. But hopefully for all watching games uh, outside of Texans fans, I love watching RG3 when he's at his electrifying best. And going to go for a Redskins win in this one. Raiders at the Jets. Yeah, Colm, unfortunately this game's on the same time as the Patriots game, so I might give watching this one a miss. <laughs> Yeah, these um, might be the most exciting overall. Um, the one thing I'm hoping for is I'm hoping that Der- Derek Carr gets a start for for the Raiders. He's been much the be- better quarterback over Matt Schaub in preseason. I'm hoping he gets a start from here. And I think if he if he does start, I think they win. And I know DJ player you're not a big fan of is Geno Smith, but I was talking to you, DJ on the way up to that Crow Park Classic game, and I was saying I think uh, Geno Smith might make a step forward this year. So probably you're going to go for a Raiders win due to the divisional rivalry, but. Uh, taking your heart out of the matter, who does your head say is going to win? I think the Raiders probably have more at present than what the Jets have. The Jets might improve over the season with Geno Smith improving. But yeah, I think the Raiders are probably going to... This is going to be one of these games that's going to be close to, or now that I've said it's going to be close, it probably will be an absolute blowout. (laughs) But yeah, Raiders win in this game, Colin. Brown Steelers, DJ, the non-Johnny Manziel game. I'm just going to put it straight out there before you actually answer and say Steelers win. Yeah, a lot of people I've heard on other podcasts and in the media have been bigging up the Steelers and seemingly they're going to have a fantastic season. I don't know if I'm as keen on them as other people are, so just to be controversial, I'm going to go with Hoyer and the Browns to get the win. (laughs) Well, that is controversial. We'll uh, come back to that next week, DJ. If that there comes in, uh, you can really pat yourself on the back for that one. A few other games, DJ, quickly through. We'll just give the winners on them. Rams host the Vikings. Vikings purely because Sam Bradford's out. Yeah, see, and their defence is going to be good, DJ. And I think uh, I'm going to just edge them as well, just based on based on their offence. It uh, should be a close game, and I think it'll be more of a defensive struggle. A lot of running the ball, so we'll see what happens there. But we'll both go for the Vikings. Go next, DJ. Panthers are going down to Tampa to play the Buccaneers. And obviously, Pat Murray hopefully will be kicking over a few field goals in this one. So, what will we say? 9 0? Three field goals for Pat? I think Pat's going to have quite a lot of kicking in this game, Colin. <laughs> we also but, see DJ uh, Cam Newton obviously hoping to be back for this game. Um, had that rib injury in preseason. I think it's going to be a close game. Josh McCowan there has some nice weapons to throw the ball to. It'll be his, kinda, it'll be his in season debut for the Buccaneers. I'm going to give the home advantage to the Buccaneers and let them get the win in this one. Last game of the week, DJ Chargers are going to play the Cardinals. I'll be in San Diego for this. Might find a pub. It's going to be on Monday Night Football. San Diego Chargers against the Cardinals. Who wins? I'm going with the Cardinals, Colin. Yeah, I think the home field advantage. DJ was very impressed with them last year, and I think it'll be it'll be quite a good game actually because. Phil Rivers was uh, tremendous last season. He got that Comeback Player of the Year award. Still don't know why he got the Comeback Player. All he was coming back from was playing atrociously bad for a few years. But he did get the award for playing so well. And I think they're going to be good again this year. I'm hoping Week 2 is going to be a tremendous game when I go to watch them playing. But Cardinals, DJ, just edging this one at home. I think they're 
re- record last year was uh, very good, and I think they were unlucky not to make the playoffs in the end. So you do that, there's all the games gone through this week. We give our predictions, I guess, and I will go into the OTI Lock of the Week. The OTI Lock of the Week. DJ Lock of the Week time now. We pick the game that, if you're putting your money down, we think is the most certain game of the week. There's a lot of things, DJ, happening here in these games. First game of the season, anything can happen. There's a few of them that stand out, but I'm going to go my Lock of the Week, and it's, you know, it's a divisional rival to the Packers, but no way I can see anything other than a win for them here, and I'm going for the Bears to beat the Bills, and that is my Lock of the Week. What is your Lock of the Week this week for NFL Week 1? We'll be keeping a tab of who's dominating in this, and obviously I'll be winning it at the end of the season. But for this week, DJ, I'll give you a chance to, to pick a team that you think is going to win. Who do you think is your lock of the week? Lions against the Giants, Colin. You're taking the Lions at home. I just uh, I think they'll put up points. I'm always just a little bit apprehensive of what Matt Stafford will do when he's throwing the ball, maybe a few picks here and there. You don't know what's going to happen with returns for touchdowns, all them sort of good things. But I guess, DJ, that there's a fair enough one. That was one of the other games I was looking at as well. So the Bears for me, the Lions for DJ, and we'll lock those ones in. That's the lock of the week done, DJ. I mentioned at the start of the show we're going to have a couple of interviews we're conducted down in the the press zone. Other people were asking the questions here, DJ. I had my mic up on the stage, obviously, picking up the answers from head coach James Franklin. He was talking down there. Also talking was the match winner with his kick at the end of the game, Sam Ficken. And also talking at the press conference was Christian Hackenberg, quarterback of Penn State University, who looked mightily impressive in this game, true for over 400 yards. So we're listening to what they had to say after the game and let you hear some of those thoughts. Now, first up is Coach James Franklin. And the first question up was, what did he make of the game overall? OvertimeIreland.com I think a couple things. You know, we didn't play the prettiest game today. Uh, we, had, we did the things that you typically can't do. We had too many penalties and we had turnovers. But... The more important thing is these guys never stop believing in each other, never stop believing in the program, and they found a way to win. And, and that's, that's a very, very important ingredient to have, and we have that. Those other things, the turnovers and the penalties, we can clean those things up. You know, what I'm most proud of is when times got tough and they went down and scored, that receiver made a huge play for them. And the momentum swung. There was only a minute or so left in the game. And I looked across the sideline, and there wasn't, there wasn't doubt in anybody's eye. Everybody believed. They believed in Hack. They believed in Zettel. They believed in Ficken, who's going to be in here in a minute. Um, and that, that's what I'm most proud of. And I'm proud that these fans can get back on the plane and fly back happy and enjoy themselves. And then, uh, you know, we're going to get back to work again tomorrow, I guess, right? Your thoughts on the last 10 seconds off the game? Yeah, I'm not going to get into the uh, you know some of the things that went on during the game, um, but yeah, I thought I thought the guy was out of bounds. Um, if he did wind the clock, he he wound it late, um, so we ended ended up having to burn burn the timeout. But the most important thing is, you know, Hack and the guys did a great job of managing the timeouts through the game and the coaching staff. So we had them, you know, so we had the timeout to burn. So um, you know, really really pleased with that. Uh, but there's no doubt, you know, there was some issues kind of throughout the game, and that was one of them. You knew it was likely to take a field goal to win the game. How was your confidence like in Sam Ficken? Well, these guys will tell you better than me. I mean, that guy's had as, con- as consistent of a spring and summer as anybody on our team. He's been money. Um, and, you know, I- I'm just happy for him because he's had an interesting career. He really has. It's probably the best way to describe it. But it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And he's a perfect example in this life, in this program, if you just stay positive and you persevere and you keep working, good things will happen. 
Thoughts on playing UCF's veteran secondary? Well, I think number one, you guys know we got a special guy playing quarterback. Um, you know, what the question was, was there going to be the players around him from an inexperienced standpoint um, to, to make plays? And they did. I mean, Geno Lewis made some unbelievable plays today, circus catches. Um, I think Hamilton broke the freshman record. Um, so just, you know, so many positive. Jesse made some plays early on that were really important. I thought overall our protection was pretty good, but I think Hack's mobility, like we talked about, um, I think he's a much better athlete than people realize or give him credit to, and he was able to extend plays and run for some first downs today. So um, I think it's really, really important, and I think obviously the defense stepped up time and time again when we needed him. The momentum swift after Justin Holman came in at quarterback for UCF? Yeah, he's, he's got mobility, which is helpful just like Hack. Um, you know, he threw a ball up down the middle of the field that I think we had pretty well covered um, and just misplayed the ball, and the receiver came down with it. And, and from there, he got confidence, and they got confidence and got some momentum, and then it became a ball game. You know, it, it got exciting at that point. You know, so, you know, we, we talked with the people from Croke Park, and they really wanted us um, to win it in the last 10 seconds or so for, for TV ratings and, and everything else. So I, that's what I talked to these guys about at halftime. So let's find a way to make it interesting and then win it in the last 10 seconds to go in the game. What does winning the game later on like this do for a young team? I, I think it's, there's so many things. You know, you're on the road. You know, um, you're really on the road. You know, um, you know we were the away team. Um, you know, we, we had penalties, we had turnovers, we weren't always perfect, but we found a way to win. And that, that ingredient is what people are searching for all the time. Um, we try to instill it in practice. Uh, we try to instill it in meetings, you know, what it takes to win and what it takes to be successful, not just in football, but in life. We believe everything that we do on the football field has parallels to life. And these guys are winners. They really are. And um, I think those other things we can spend time on film and in meetings correcting, um, you know, but the only, the, only, the only time we were stopped tonight was when we stopped ourselves. Switching over now to Christian Hackenberg, quarterback off Penn State University. Deshaun Hamilton played great at wide receiver. Thoughts on him? Yeah, um, you know, I think Deshaun is one of those guys that's worked extremely hard. And uh, he came in with me, obviously. So I knew that I knew the type of player he was. And just like Gino, just like our tight ends, when you give him an opportunity, he's going he's to go up and make the play and make the effort. So I think... I think Deshaun's work ethic is the reason why I trusted him so much. Um, he's a guy that shows up every day at practice and is consistent with what he does. Was that part of the pre-game plan to try and target him as much as possible? No, I mean, I think Deshaun just came out and made plays. He got open. Um, he did what he had to do. And uh, just like a lot of the other guys, I mean, Gino made two yeah. or three ridiculous catches. I think the guys really stepped up. They understood what, uh, what they had to do. And, um, you know, they made plays. Team's mindset after UCF got that late touchdown with just a minute to go? Yeah, that's a testament, I think, that goes back to our practice field. Um, you know, we, we were a team that I would say struggled at two minute uh, when, when we first put it in in the spring. And then I feel like, you know, as, as, as camp went on, uh, the team really started to buy into it. And, uh, you know, again, it's, it's just like it was last year. We practice it so much. These guys do a great job putting us in situations where we have to, we have to be perfect to, to, to succeed. And I think, uh, I think today, guys went out and, and, and they wanted it. They made plays when they needed to make plays. And, and The huddle as you approached the last drive of the game? I mean, we were excited. You know, I think this team's been there before. This team's been down before a lot of these guys. So I think, um, you know, with, even though we were young, you know, we understood what we could do. And, uh, 
you know, again, Gino came out, made plays. I think Bill made a fantastic play to get out of bounds right there. Um, so I think it's just one of those things where a guy stepped up. You threw for over 400 yards in the game. What do you think overall your performance? Uh, you know, again, I think it's a testament to, to a lot of pieces to that puzzle. Um, the offensive line that everyone was out there doubting, I think, played a, a very good game. Uh, you know, defense sort of threw a lot of stuff at them there towards the end of the game, and, and, and they held strong and, and did their part. And, again, the, the receivers came out. You know, blitz zero, Gino runs, runs the zero beater and goes and makes a fantastic catch off the tip. And I think, you know, that's one of those things where, again, some we can build on, some we continue to go. And, and it was an overall team effort. Back to Coach and his thoughts on his time and the team's time in Ireland. It was great. People were unbelievable. Uh, the food was great. The hotel was great. The people from the Croke Park, um, their hospitality was first class from the time we stepped off the plane till the end. Um, I would actually uh, hope that they'll get a chance to come and visit us for one of our home games. We'd love, we'd love to have them as a guest of ours. Um, but it was, it was unreal. We had a great experience. You guys heard me say from the beginning, um, it, you know, all the stuff that went into it, I, I wasn't a whole real excited about, you know, the trip uh, with everything that was going into it. And I thought it could be a distraction. But in the end, I think it was a real positive experience and, and couldn't be more blessed and fortunate to have you know, had the opportunity. PSU kicker Sam Ficken was up next. And his thoughts on the final drive? Uh, I was just looking for an opportunity, to be honest, um, you know, with a minute left on the field, uh, and I think we had the ball at like the, the 30 or so, um, you know, that's a lot of distance to cover that quickly. Uh, we practiced it multiple times in, in practice and whatnot, so, you know, I, I knew that we could get down there. I was just hoping for the opportunity and glad to get that chance to, to be able to help the team. Thoughts prior to the game winning kick? I mean, I, I practiced that kick thousands of times. Um, obviously, the only factor to really play off was the wind. Um, it was a good snap, good hold, and I'm just, I'm just happy I could knock it through. You're one of the veterans now. The team has that experience helped you as a kicker as well? Uh, I, th- I think I definitely have a little bit more poise, obviously, through the trials and tribulations of, of my career here. Um, you know, I've been in that situation before. I've, I've succeeded and I've failed. Um, so, you know, to to kind of grasp that experience and, and to be able to kind of hone it in um, and just not worry about what's around me, just focus on my fundamentals and what I need to do to get the job done. Did you used to? Uh, my sophomore year, I no. I was not. I, I mean, I didn't have the poise I had now. I had not been in situations like that. Um, but I think those ex- experiences definitely helped me today. When you scored the game on and kicked, you wheeled away and ran away in the opposite direction away from your teammates. What was the reasoning behind this? Well, there's like 310-pound linemen running at you, um, and I didn't want to get dogpiled, so I decided running was the best option. <laughs> Is it tough to deal with some of the pressure outside off playing the game that comes along with it? Uh, I mean, yeah, with, with the uproar that happened after Virginia, um, you know, I obviously saw it. Uh, there were kids on campus, there were emails, there were Facebook messages, there were all sorts of stuff. Um, but, you know, it's something that, 99.9% of the time the person has no idea what they're talking about and couldn't come out and do the job that I'm doing um, so you know I, I kind of took it as it was um, got some great advice and great help from, from Robbie Gold um, and that kind of translated onto the field in that later part of the season and obviously through last year um, you know I'm just hoping to be, to be the asset uh, that I think I can be for the team you showed some sprinter speed going away in that celebration. Uh, you should have clocked my forty. I think I would like break the NFL combine record. <laughs>
Hey, this is Scott Fujita, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. So, DJ, there's some of the stuff from the Penn State stuff. It was a really great, enjoyable experience to be down there in the press run after the game. Something I hadn't experienced before. A lot of fun down there. Also, covering the game, I'm putting up an article on OvertimeIreland.com, probably up by the time you're listening to this. So, go over and check that out and let me know what you thought. And hopefully anyone that was at the game did enjoy it. Sorry we couldn't meet up with everyone. But uh, overall, DJ, great day out, great game. And I have to say, quarterback there, Hackenberg for Penn State University. One, I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on potential I mentioned this DDG on the way back down in the car from the game on that long, long, long road journey. That possibly future number one overall pick. He has to stay in college next year as well. Uh, he's still very young, but have to say, poised in the pocket. Used great escape ability, getting away with his legs. Rushed for a few first downs and really strong arm. Took some big hits. Continued to play on. and He did throw two interceptions, DJ, in this game, but shook them off very quickly. Had that kind of fish menta- mentality where you forget it straight away. Moved on. Almost uh, just like forgot the play happened and was strong, led them down the field on that last drive. And I have to say, he's definitely one to watch for the future, DJ. Could be really, really strong prospect coming out of the draft maybe in two years' time. So, any more you want to add, DJ, about the game in particular, or any more topics you want to bring up in the show as we near the end of the podcast? Other than make sure you're following Overtime Ireland, make sure you're entering the competition this Sunday, and make sure you're spreading the word of the podcast. Anything else you have to add in there? Yeah, well, Colin, we're mentioning things to make sure. Make sure to bring me back a copy of Madden 15 <laughs> for the PlayStation 4 since I can't win the competition. And yet again, congratulations to our winner of Madden 15 for the Xbox One, Tom. And hopefully you enjoy the game. And of course, it gives a chance to all the PS4 players out there to get their hands on a copy. Yeah, make sure you stay tuned for that competition. That'll be week two this week is the football competition, courtesy of Football America UK. More details will be found on our Twitter handle as we close into the weekend. Close in on the weekend of week one. Obviously, the Packers are playing the Seahawks, DJ, on Thursday Night Football. Go Pack Go is all I can say about that one. I'll be heading over, jetting over to San Diego on Sunday for a little vacation but you'll still be able to get me here on the podcast next week I'll be phoning in DJ hopefully we'll have a little bit of a chat a little bit of a talk and you might be even joined by a special co-host other than myself so until then make sure you're spreading the word of Overtime Ireland make sure you're following us make sure you're checking out the website and we do thank you for each and every contribution you make to spreading the word of Overtime Ireland so be more competitions coming up more t-shirts of Overtime Ireland be giving away stay tuned for all that good stuff we'll see you back here next week we'll I'll see you from America, and DJ will see you from Ireland, but overall we'll be bringing you an international podcast next week, DJ. And until then, I'm Colin. And I'm DJ. And until week two, enjoy week one, and until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.